0: Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Nikki. We're your hosts of Flip This Podcast. We're creating podcasts to help people get out of the habits of exchanging time for money and following social norms.
1: We are passionate about leaving things better than we found them in all aspects of life.
0: We are not perfect, far from it in fact, but we have done a lot and have a lot of knowledge to share with you.
1: We tend to love chaos, and that's probably why we have a zoo at our house, had three kids in three and a half years, and both quit our jobs to dive headfirst into raising babies, the real estate market, and choosing joy.
0: Follow us along in our journey of health, wealth, and joy. And we might talk about some real estate too. Enjoy.
1: Episode three of Flip This Podcast.
0: Today, we're going to actually talking about flipping real estate or wholesaling real estate or really anything to do with the residential side of real estate investing. So today's episode is going to be all about our journey in real estate and how you can get started in your real estate investing journey or real estate in general if you want to be an agent.
1: So basically, this show will be called Real Estate As we see it.
0: That's right. Because we're the ones telling you how we got started.
1: And how we do it all.
0: That's right. So with our real estate journey, of course, as you know, we started in new home construction sales. So again, if there's really going to be, I really feel like there's three tracks in real estate. Okay. So number one, you can start as an agent. Mm -hmm. So when I say start as an agent, new home sales agent, regular agent, um, you know, commercial agent, whatever, broker. So that's number one. Right. Number two is you start off wholesaling.
1: And you do not have to have your real estate license for that.
0: No, you don't have to have your real estate license. As a matter of fact, wholesaling, it's more beneficial to not have your license. Right. So, and then number three, you start as a passive investor.
1: What does that mean exactly?
0: So a passive investor is somebody who, let's say you have a really good job. You've worked as a stockbroker, a banker, a doctor, a lawyer. Um, You're my dad, right? It's been in the same company for 40 years. You've got a great 401k and you just want to do something a little bit different. Right. Right. So you don't have time or the knowledge or the want to, to be a wholesaler or an agent.
1: But you obviously see how lucrative real estate can be. But you
0: obviously see how lucrative real estate can be. Right. Right. 95% of all millionaires own some sort of real estate. It's true. So um, a, a passive investor is a great way to start because you have people like us that, you know, invest your money in deals that we've been doing for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you have what's called a syndication. Okay. Where it's where a bunch of people pull their money together to buy a piece of property and they give you preferred returns backed by real estate. Right.
1: Now why is that so important? Backed by real estate? Like, what does that mean?
0: Well, so I definitely think that being backed by real estate is important because let's say hypothetically, that you invested with me, right? Uh And you gave me a hundred grand. Okay. Okay. And this hundred grand went to purchase, let's say one, two, three main street, right? Right. Well, one, two, three main street is worth 200,000. You're putting a hundred thousand down, right? Because I found a great deal. You're getting a great deal. Makes sense. Right. You're getting the points up front or percentage the purchase price in payment okay so a one percent or one point are the same thing so a hundred thousand dollar house let's say we paid one point to the investor so you would get up front a thousand dollars so before you ever did anything you get a thousand bucks pretty cool huh pretty cool um so then you would take that and you would put what's called a deed of trust all right and that deed of trust would just basically be a first position lien on the property, all right? Now, why is first position important? First position is important because if for some reason something goes south, we I don't perform, you get the property.
1: Okay, and I gave you a 100 grand on 123 Main Street and 123 Main Street was actually worth 200,000.
0: And not only was it worth 200, but I've also now put a little bit of money into it so it's now worth 250. 250.
1: I see. And so if you don't perform, I get the property. That's right. And actually, it's a win-win either way for Mr. Investor.
0: Mr. Investor always wins. So remember this in real estate investing and general real estate. Your lenders, your private money will always make money. Yeah. Always. Huh. Always.
1: More people should invest in real estate.
0: Absolutely. So, your private lender is always going to make money.
1: Okay. All right. So, back to the steps. So, so, syndication. You can syndicate or invest in a property. was the third one? Right. Third way to get into real estate.
0: So, we've already went over all three ways, actually. So, the first one was uh, being a broker. Mm-hmm. The second one was wholesaling or flipping. Right. right. And then the last one was the one that we just discussed, which was passive right. investing, right? right? Basically, you've got a pool of money. You've got a bunch of money and you don't have time. Okay. Right? Makes so, sense. now let's discuss the other two. Okay. So we dove into passive investing and we'll get further into both of those, but let's dive into the others. So the first one is an agent, okay. right? So what does it take to be an agent? It takes about 1500 bucks, right.
1: right? Once it's all said and done, I mean, you got... Three to $500 for the course, and you have to pay your fees, you have to pay the test fees, your broker fees. Yeah, I say together, about $1,500 to get started.
0: Perfect. And when you go into being a real estate agent, it's, you know, real estate in itself is a very, very low bear of entry, right? Anyone can do it,
1: right? Like there's no Anyone standard. Anyone can start it. Right. There's no, like you have to be, is there even like standards for it?
0: Uh, you can't be a convicted felon. Okay. But even that is determined by the... Um, the felony? The, no, the uh, GNAR, like uh, your oh, real estate committee.
1: Your governing body over your,
0: it? Your governing body. So even that, you could be a convicted felon and still be a real estate agent, potentially.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So there is not really much that can stop you from getting your real estate license. There may be a couple out there that I don't know, but... It's very inexpensive. Barrier of entry is very low, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you have so many. Right. Right. So the average real estate agent in the U.S. makes about $38,000 a year.
1: That's like a couple transactions.
0: That's right. So it's just not, you know, a lot of people get into the agent side as, hey, my brother or my sister.
1: Had a house to sell. I was going to do this to help them out.
0: That's right,
1: and I can help mom and dad when they need to sell theirs too.
0: That's right. Or I'm tired of my agent getting six percent of my money. I'm going to just list this on my own, and I want to be an agent to do it. Right. right. Uh, or in our favorite movie, Step Brothers. <laughs> right. Just for uh. Just for shits and gigs. Shits and gigs. Uh, so <laughs> that that's really the agent side, and honestly, the agent side, in my opinion, is an extremely good way to start out. Because it's going to help you get to know your local market.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's going to help to get you ready for what a contract is, what details in a contract are. And would you say that the contract is what one of the things that I have a strong suit in? Right? Like- uh,
1: yes, 100%. Now, if I could have a recommendation or throw in my little recommendation there. So when Eric got started, he started with a home builder and then he went to a team. And when I started, I went to. Well, I mean, I had Eric, so Eric was my my uh, my helper, my guide in this. I it would be terrifying to start with absolutely no direction in this. So, if you are going to get into real estate as a general real estate broker and agent, get on a team or find someone who is knowledgeable about it and who can take you under their wing. Eric would not have done near what he did if he did not have that support system then and I would not be near where I am if I didn't have Eric to guide me along.
0: I 100% agree. I think starting uh, with uh, my home builder that I did, the training that I received, the knowledge in the market that I received from that tremendously skyrocketed my abilities once I got into the general real estate world. Um, It was incredible. So yes, I highly recommend and as a secondary, so that's number one. As a secondary, I believe a team, okay? Right, a team, um, second. I think that you're going to give up a lot on a team, but be okay with that. Be okay with giving up 50% of your commission to start out.
1: Because you're gaining the knowledge. Well, not
0: only are you gaining the knowledge, but it's what we talked about in the earlier episode, right? Uh, mindset. You're gaining the mindset that as long as I do what I need to do, it's going to be provided, right? right? So as long as you work hard, even 50% is going to be good. Absolutely. Right? So I truly believe those are definitely the best two ways to start. So say you get your real estate license, you're learning the real estate market, um, you get a client base, and then you're going to take that client base and you're going to grow that, right? So for me, one of the ways that I grew my client base was I did um, open houses, right? Right. And I was really, really good at open houses. And then I uh, worked for a builder, right? From my experience with Fox Ridge Homes, I actually got a local builder that I was able to work with. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly a very high point in my real estate career, right? Because I had over 35 listings with this builder. Right. And so at any time, I had the opportunity to sell a house.
1: Right. And and
0: that's honestly the key, right?
1: You prospected and in your prospecting, you found... Not a client who would give you a deal once every seven years when they decided to move, but you found a well, if you will, what we call it, who you could get 10 or more deals from each and every year. And your well actually supplied you with 30 plus deals every year. So your prospecting had to be on point.
0: Right. It's what I call a well list, right? Right. It's finding people that you can work with that are going to give you 10 plus deals a year, right? right? So think about this. You treat 10 people phenomenally and give you 10 deals a year. How many deals is that? 10.
1: 100. Oh, 10 deals at 10 each. Yes. (laughs) 100 deals.
0: And could you make a good living off 100 deals a year?
1: Absolutely.
0: That's right. So just remember, in being an agent, um, being specific, being focused, being disciplined, And, you know, you have to prospect
1: and you have to be willing to outwork the other person because there's so many real estate
0: agents. That's right. And your brother's sister's cousin's friend is an agent who sells one house a year. And that's who you're competing against. Correct. Right.
1: Correct. But family's loyal. You know this. Um, And, you know, also just some pointers for real estate agents. If you're getting if you're starting in the game and if you have a listing, your first listing, professional pictures cost money but they will set you apart. We always know who the new people are when they take pictures with their cell phones. So spend money on professional pictures. Also spend money on a nice business card. Get a headshot done. Build up your and social please media. please
0: don't do the headshot with the suit and tie that has <laughs> the black suit with the black background from the 80s. Like, do something like modern. Like, that
1: represents you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Like in mine, I have a dog in my hand.
0: And that definitely represents you. Yes. Um, And as far as, you know, go ahead and spend a little money and put a little website together. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And be okay with putting a fun Gmail account, like one, two, three realtor, you know, best realtor or something, you know, fun, like be okay with putting that stuff together. So Again, in the real estate side, I think it's a great way to get. In the brokerage side, I think it's a great way to get started. I have never been a commercial broker, so I can't speak a lot about commercial brokers. But uh, I do have a lot of friends who are commercial brokers, and commercial brokerage just takes a lot longer time to get started. Right, it takes thirty days to close a general house. takes much longer in commercial brokerage. So, um, if you're wanting to know more about commercial brokerage, uh, reach out to us on Instagram at Flip This Together, and we will get you connected with our guys in commercial real estate.
1: Right. And we only want to talk on things that we personally have experience in. And that Absolutely. is something we don't have a ton of experience in. So reach Absolutely. out to us if you have questions. So number
0: second, two.
1: number two.
0: So, and we're talking about quick ways to get started, right? Quick ways and ways we've done. So uh, quick way. Number two is wholesaling. Yeah. What is wholesaling? Nikki, I want you to explain in your words what wholesaling is.
1: Wholesaling, in my words, now this is, I have very little involvement in the wholesaling side. I'll go walk a property to see if there's potential there. Um, But finding deals, putting deals together, all that, this is totally Eric's expertise. So he's probably going to get a kick out of how I explain this. Wholesaling is when you market a property or you find a property and you market to it to the owner Of the property by either driving for dollars, sending out postcards, just knowing an area, knowing who owns properties, uh, marketing to them, getting on a call with them or whatever, texting and offering them a price for their house. Generally, this is going to be in as is condition. You are going to buy it in cash or hard money. Actually, no, you don't close. You don't close on a wholesale deal. You don't even need money. That's right. That's why it's so, that's why everyone loves it. You don't even have to have money to close on them, but you're offering to take that house at set amount, which is generally a decent amount below after repair value. Obviously you're buying, getting pretty rough condition most times. Um, and you're going to take that house, get under contract, and then you are going to flip that contract to an investor. And they are the one who actually performs on it. So let's say you got one, two. Three Main Street under contract for a hundred grand. You go out and market it to your investors for one twenty. They close. You assign the contract to them. They close on it for one twenty. Owner of the house gets the one hundred that you told them that that they were okay with you getting that house for, and you get a pocket that twenty thousand difference.
0: So basically, it's it's a flipper, right? Your
1: flipper. Your paper paper. paper contract contract flipping.
0: There you go. So wholesaling. And again, I had Nikki explain it because I wanted her to explain it a little bit more in layman's terms. Now I'm going to go into the details of it. Wholesaling is taking a property that, yes, you get under contract and you have what's called equitable interest. Equitable interest is the key. If you don't have equitable interest, wholesaling becomes illegal because you can't practice real estate without a license. Uh huh. So, equitable interest. Is when you have a house under contract, and that is what you are allowed to market, is your equitable interest. So you take your equitable interest of one two main main treat. Your equitable interest is the hundred thousand. You sell it for one ten and you make the ten thousand. Right? Right. You don't have to have money to do it. Nope. You don't have to have real estate knowledge to do it. Right. You don't have to have anything. And that is what makes real estate. Uh, wholesaling so dangerous as well. And that is why so many people get into real estate wholesaling and think that it's going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be the easiest thing that they've ever done. That is why you have more wholesalers than even real estate agents out there. And that is why there are so many people that hate wholesaling uh, that know what it is because they think that everybody's trying to get taken advantage of. That is 100% not the case.
1: It is a lot of times that is the case. That is not how we do business.
0: Well, when you're doing it the correct way, right? Right. Everything can be abused. Real estate, all real estate can be abused. But, you know, for instance, our first deal ever, right? The lady that wanted out of our first deal ever in 2018 that sold me the house, she had an issue. Yeah. She didn't want to deal With having to do showings or listings or paying a real estate agent. And it was a
1: painful, like her mother died in that house. so It was painful for her. Correct. She just wanted out.
0: We had a solution. Uh We offered the solution and we made a profit. Right. Do you get mad at Walmart for making money on your new Nikes that you bought?
1: Well, you probably wouldn't get Nikes at Walmart, but I see where you're going with that. (laughs) No, I would not get mad at Walmart for having a markup on the price where they got it. Why? Because that's expected, right?
0: What's expected?
1: Well, I would assume that any company would jack up a price a little bit to sell it to the consumer. Why? Because that's how business works. There you go. Right?
0: So that's how business works. Right. But because it's real estate and because people know about it, they feel like there is this negative connotation towards wholesaling. And there's not. You're just the middleman. Right. You're the car dealership. Right. right. You're the Walmart. You're the target. You have the properties and you have customers that come to you for those properties. Now, right. it's how you do the business that makes the difference. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in in conclusion, as far as wholesaling, so wholesaling, you're going to market to properties, which we've done. Um, you're going to have some specific marketing and then you're going to take those properties and you're going to sell them to your end buyer. Right. Who would be us? Right. We buy 90. No, no, no. What did we say? 75% of our deals last year came from other wholesalers and other investors. Right. We are We are the people that buy those wholesale deals because our number one business is flipping. Right. Right.
1: But we also, you wholesale.
0: Absolutely. I'll wholesale um, and have wholesale and started in wholesaling. Right. Right. Uh, and we, we got pretty good at it.
1: Right. And it's, it's very lucrative, lucrative. If done correctly, lucrative. And it's a win, win for everybody when done correctly. And sometimes the, like that lady, it was a very, her mother died there. And you find a lot of those and you really are helping someone out. Like
0: helping somebody from foreclosure. So foreclosure doesn't go on their property. Like you are doing people a service Mm -hmm. uh, by helping them through that. Absolutely. To recap the three quickest ways to get started, right? You've got, being a broker, wholesaling property and being a passive investor or a cash investor. So the cash investor would be somebody that brings us a deal. Mm -hmm. We call our investor and we went over that a little bit further, but we call our investor and they put the money up for the deal. right? Right. So now what are other ways that we have invested in real estate? So we talked about the three ways that people can get started. Now, what are other ways that we've done deals? So we've bought um, buying holds, right? Mm We have bought single family. We've bought multifamily. Um, We have did what I consider a hotel, right? Right. Which is one of my favorites. So hotel, guys, is where you're going to get a property, close on it, and not touch it and sell it, right? So you would ask me, well, why would you do that? Why would you close on a property and then just open sell it? Why wouldn't you just wholesale it? Right. So Nikki, why wouldn't we just wholesale versus wholesale?
1: Well, if you wholesaled it, wholesaled it, is that the right way? <laughs> uh, you would, they would undercut you generally, you know, you and if you put it on the open market. Who would you, undercut you? The wholesaler would probably give you a little bit less.
0: What wholesaler? We're wholesaling the deal.
1: Oh, we're wholesaling the deal. I don't know. Help me out here.
0: So, if you wholesale a deal, okay, and you're selling to a pool of investors.
1: Oh, your investor would probably give you a lower price in the open market.
0: There you You go. You confused
1: me there if they were to. Yes. So, when we, and a lot of times, people, normal people miss out on all the opportunities to get investment properties to, to flip because the investors buy them.
0: That's right. So, all the deals that we bought last year, right, you as a regular individual like if Nikki's a regular individual and I'm an investor she's never ever going to see those opportunities. Right. Ever. Right? Because I as a real estate investor know what I'm looking for and the second I see it I'm closing in 3 days. And most of the
1: time they never even hit the market because the you know the investor who had it isn't you know it's a wholesaler and they are not they don't have to because they're not real estate
0: agents. Right. So The key there is wholesaling, you're going to get a little bit smaller of a margin, right? Right. So why would you wholesale it? You would wholesale it because you are opening yourself up to a bigger pool of buyers. Bigger
1: pool of buyers. A little
0: bit more profit margin. Yep. Right? And right now they're not active, but they were a couple of months ago. And
1: they're only not active right now. If you might be listening in a few months or years from now, right now we're in the COVID-19 shutdown.
0: So, the only reason they're not active right now is because of COVID. So, you have what's called iBuyers, right? Mm-hmm. OfferPad is in our area. Um, Zillow offers, Open Door, Redfin even had a little bit. And so, these are going to be companies, and we have hedge funds in our area as well, that are just going to buy the property side unseen cash, and they're going to close in normally about 14 days.
1: In as is condition.
0: But you have to own the property. Correct. Right, You have to own the property. They will not take a wholesale deal. Correct. And we sold about 10 to 15 properties mm-hmm. to the through this process, and it was exceptionally lucrative for us.
1: And it's a lot quicker than flipping. It's a lot less stress than flipping. That's right. And it's a lot less cash, actually. We did have to close on the properties, but...
0: When you have private investors like we have, we're not really using our own cash, right? So it's OPM or other people's money. That you use to do these deals. Right. So again, what did I tell you earlier? Your investors always get paid. So that is why it's important to have investors is because then you can do hotel deals that are quick and simple.
1: And that keeps your investors happy. And that makes them want to keep investing with you. Like right now, one of our investors is only working with us in our area because that's what we do. We keep them happy. We keep them fed and we keep them wanting to give us their money.
0: Because why? Why?
1: We follow
0: through. And who loses money?
1: We do. Well, we try not to. We generally don't. But if anyone was to lose money, it would be us, not them.
0: That's right. That's right. So why do you want to keep your investors happy?
1: Because they're the ones who fund your deals.
0: You got it. So you definitely always want to make sure that they are the ones that get paid first and then you get paid second. So if a deal goes south, you always make sure that they're winning.
1: Right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that keeps them happy. So, we've went over brokerage, wholesale, wholesale. We've went over um,
1: passive investing.
0: Passive investing, and Next. we've touched on buy and holds, right? Buy
1: and holds, and then
0: so I think buy and are. holds is going to be your long term play, right? So buy and holds. So why would somebody want to buy a single family home? So maybe. You are have your full time job and a single family home is easily purchased off your normal credit. You can you normally do a second right home purchase for only ten percent down, so it's not as much. Whereas an investor's loan is normally twenty percent down, um, or you can do the favorite Burr method, right? What, buy What is that? Buy rehab, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Rent refinance right and we've done the bird method mm-hmm. right we've done it on single family homes most recently I've did it on a quad and then I've even done it on an apartment complex it's pretty cool it was it was super cool
1: so in there you said rehab so right. rehabbing properties like flipping properties
0: no so actually I do the bird method where what we were doing is we didn't even rehab it so maybe we put five grand maybe we put a new roof maybe we put um, some new flooring, but no, not as extensive as a full flip. Just something to update it a little bit more to make it look good for the appraisal because refinance, here's the key with the refinance. Most lenders will do 80% of appraisal or 75% of appraisal of the property. So let's say you bought purchase a property for hundred grand, put 10 into it. It's worth 110, right? Okay. Property appraises for 180. Right. Then you get Seventy-five or eighty percent of the one hundred and eighty versus you only had in it for about one ten.
1: So then that price difference in there, do you, that's just cash to you. That's right. You can apply it to the loan or however. That's right. Cool. Okay. So then the other method, I guess, the other exit strategy would be flipping the property.
0: Well, not in buying holds. No. All right. So you know buying holds are going to be more the the rehab. Uh, is just going to be a small, minimal right. minimal, right? But you could buy it, rehab it, or put a printer in and then sell it as a package.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Right. Um, my personal philosophy is that I don't like single family rentals. Um, they are the same amount of work as a quad or a 10 unit or a hundred unit um, to get closed. It's just not something that right. I enjoy, but I do own some.
1: Right. So, like if it's gonna be a headache, the headache's coming anyway. So you might as well make it a little bit more worth your while.
0: That's right. Like I bought a quad for a hundred or for two hundred thousand and I immediately refied it and it appraised for two forty. Right. And so I was able to not pull any money out, which I didn't care to pull any money out, right? But and then it rented for two thousand a month mm-hmm. and my mortgage was fourteen hundred bucks pretty sweet. So not too bad, right? So I definitely lean more towards the multifamily uh, aspect of real estate investing for long-term holds. It's just multifamily is going to be a bigger spend. So, you know, to start with, if you want to do a couple of single family rentals, definitely do that. You can also look at Airbnb opportunities. Just be careful with Airbnb that you set some money back in case it stays empty. Like right now with COVID, um, 19 happening, there's a lot of Airbnb people that I know of who are out of luck.
1: Yeah. Just making the you know? money right now.
0: So just make sure you have enough. And and that speaking of that, that in in long-term rental as well. Like put some money back. Make sure you have enough saved for a couple of months of uh, the mortgage payment. So, but that is my long-term rental strategy right now is I am buying multifamily uh, or commercial properties for long-term holds. And I don't buy single family for long-term holds. Right. So the final way for us and the one that we do the most of.
1: And my favorite.
0: And Nikki's favorite. It
1: might be your favorite too.
0: Occasionally. (laughs) Is actually rehabbing or flipping properties. So flipping properties is our number one moneymaker at the current moment. Um, We've done. A lot. 70 plus. Maybe um, in the last two years. And we thrive off of this because it really creates some, you know, you unique abilities to turn around an entire neighborhood if you wanted to. Yeah. Right. It makes something ugly. Great.
1: And it's kind of where we got our mission statement to leave everything better than we found it. And rehabbing does just that.
0: Right. So, what is a flip? Well, I'm going to give you a shameless plug that we have a course on how to flip a house. (laughs) So, please go to our website to take a look at that. But, how to flip a house is the buying of the property, right? Close on it. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to take your own money or somebody else's. We talked about investing, private investing. And put money into the house fix it up, and then sell. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, it's that easy, right?
1: It's that easy. Easy peasy.
0: (laughs) So a couple of the biggest things to look at for flipping, in my opinion, are number one is location. Yes. I think that location will sell your house, even if it's a, no offense, crappy rehab, which we've all seen them, (laughs) but they sell. They do. Why do they sell? They sell because of the location and then they also sell because the price and the location combined together. Right. right? So if you take your number one opportunities, go to hot markets, right? Mm -hmm. Phoenix, Nashville, Dallas, Austin, right? Those are going to be highly flipped areas. Now it's more competitive. Yes, but it's also a better spread, better potential, it's, it's good opportunities there. And so, people
1: are wanting to buy there. Your in-buyer is there.
0: That's right. That's right. So you always want to make sure you have a big pool of in-buyers. So you go network with your wholesalers. You find a property. I've got this property. Now I'm going to take that property and I'm going to look at the ARV, right? Or after repair value. So after you fix it up, what is it worth? Um, that would cons- be considered the appraisal value in the Burr method, right? So... look at it, you've got a $200,000 ARV purchasing the property for a hundred thousand with a $20,000 rehab. Now, if I found a house like that, I would probably be a lot better off, but those don't (laughs) exist. I'm just giving you an example. Um, So you borrow the rehab and the purchase price. You've got different ways of doing that. You can do it with a bank. You can do it with hard money or you can do private money. Right. Um, We'll do another whole episode on what private and hard money, specifically how to get them and how to find them. But then you take that and you design out the house.
1: Right. right? This is usually done with someone who has some construction fix-it knowledge. Either yourself, if that's you, or if you have a contractor or a trusted person in that field, go walk the house with them and make your plan. Then take that plan and make your budget.
0: Right. Our biggest uh, correction, let's call it, is that we tried to just move forward with the project on a, you know, we had a budget, but we would go ahead and just start with the framer and then we would go to the plumbing and we wouldn't get everybody's quote at first. And I highly recommend against that. So make sure that you get everybody's quote and the base budget of what it's going to cost you first. I also recommend if you're doing a full gut and not just what I call a lipstick rehab, that you um, gut the house first, then do your budget to make sure that you know everything that's wrong with the problem.
1: Right. Because gutting a house and emptying a house is pretty much going to cost you the same. Like that's not a price that's going to vary a ton. Right. Unless you just are lucky and have a house that has eight tons of trash in it. Right. Like one of ours. But But normally it is a fixed price.
0: Right. So again, as a follow-up, make sure, gut the house, then do your rehab if it's a full gut that you're going to have done.
1: Correct. Then you fix it up. Try to stay on budget. Find you a good agent. If you're not an agent, put it on the market and sell it.
0: That's right. There's your profit. And it's as easy as that. And it, it really is as easy as that. And if you're going to start with flipping as your start to the real estate journey, start with one house. One Don't start with a six unit triplex like we did.
1: Lesson learned.
0: (laughs) Don't start with buying 10 at a time. Also like we did. Um, But I think that you get the gist of, of the process, right? So again, if you need anything else, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to help. And this has been our episode of where to start in real estate investing as we have seen it.